Patty, will you come? <clears throat> so it is, it is an honor, and I'm not going to belabor this point. It is an honor. I met her at adult conference the other day, and she grabbed me by my throat, and she says, I'm coming to your church whether you like it or not, and you're going to use me, and I want a half hour. That's all I'm saying. That's what she said. No, that's not. That's not. That's not accurate. Okay, you said 20 minutes. Whatever, I, I said whatever, whatever you, you give me, whatever you give me, she said. So most of you already know Patty, uh, yeah, and you know that she's a, a missionary, our, our missionary to France. And she's doing a wonderful job. And if I'm not mistaken, you've been there since 1983. Is that the, oh my goodness. Really? I was a, I was a little, I was a little kid. How old are you? No, just kidding. Pray with me. Pray with me. Father, thank you for Patty. Thank you for her life. Thank you for the message, this testimony that she's bringing us, this report that she's given us, the wonderful work she's been doing all of these years in France. Father, bless her during this time. Use her to inspire us, to motivate us. The theme this morning thus far, Lord God, has been rooted in the Great Commission, has been rooted in evangelism. Especially this part where she gets to share her heart with us concerning the work in France. It's evangelism. It's the Great Commission. Thank you for her, Father. We pray these blessings in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. Bonjour tout le monde. C'est un plaisir d'être avec vous ce matin. I said, hello everybody. It's a, it's a pleasure to be with you this morning. Um, I know some people here, but it's, I'm thrilled to see at all the, the growth and the changes. And for those of you who don't know, I grew up in this church. When I was five or six years old, someone uh, down the street from me invited me to take the Sunday school bus to church. Me and my two sisters, because um, most of you know, but some don't. I'm a triplet. I have an identical sister and a fraternal sister. Lord has blessed us in that way. And th this morning, uh, I was encouraged because in Sunday school, we talked about the hope that we have. And then some of the other themes that came out this morning were the freedom we have in Christ and our identity in him. So keep teaching those things because your children will grow up and they will repeat those things. And um, I'm thankful for the faithful people in this church who taught me many, many lessons, whether it be in Sunday school or vacation Bible school. I have great memories of those times, and um, I still have, it's in a box, though, at, at the house, the very first New Testament that I ever owned. And it says, from the beginner department, and actually it was Carol Ann who gave that to me. So even while she was a college student, she was being faithful to reaching out to these little urchins who would come to Sunday school. And so, so God is good. Um, when I was preparing to come home this time, it kind of shocked me. I thought, wow, I've been in France now and serving with Encompass World Partners uh, for 36 years. And it's like, how did that happen? Um, and in several of the churches that I've gone to, I'm, and I will be somewhat this morning, looking forward uh, to that last term. Because I realized as I prepared, 
if I only come home about every three years, then the next time I come home, I will come home to retire. And I'm not ashamed to say that I'm 63 years old. Um, and so there's a lot of history with you, this church. Um, and so my approach this morning is a little different than some of the other places I go because uh, instead of looking forward, which I will do, I want to look back a little bit and, and to remind you how I got to where I am. <laughs> and that was, I think some of the key words would be just faithfulness, per- perseverance, um, submitting and learning the word of God. Uh, I learned uh, you people were just really gracious because I did not come from a Christian family. Uh, my parents weren't opposed. They let us come uh, and take that Sunday school bus. And But it was uh, you folks who taught me how to uh, memorize scripture, to love the Lord, how to read a hymn book, which is kind of a moot question now, um, and also how to sit quiet in Sunday school or during the church service because we would stay and, and do both. And uh, God was good. And I still, when I go back to think of the scripture verses, they're the verses that I learned here that I can still quote. Um, because when you learn another language, uh, the, the syntax, the order of the words in a sentence are different. And it is a whole lot more difficult to uh, quote scripture uh, and learn scripture. Um, but I was always taught, learn the reference when you learn a verse. And so I can find those verses still in the Bible. And if I have to look them up, I'll do it. Um, my interest in France came uh, actually probably about when I was in high school. There were some missionaries who were on uh, furlough, they called it then, home ministries now. And they just talked about it. I took a couple of years of French in high school, so there was a little bit of interest there. Um, And the Lord just continued to place that on my heart. I went to the University of Redlands my freshman year, and because my parents did not want me to go to a Christian university, and so I went there. No real good reason other than I had a state scholarship, and, you know, that's the way that the Lord opened the door. And then I had the privilege of going to Biola College, now Biola University, and was really, really thankful. And in between my sophomore and junior years of college, I went on uh, CE Nationals, what they called the time program, training and missionary endeavor. And um, I went to France for a year uh, as just, yeah, short-term missions. And so you just... You know, God gives opportunities, and you just be faithful in the little things, and you just continue to follow his lead. It's, it's, a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And just being faithful in the little decisions in each step. And I was able to go to France um, and learn their strategy, learn the need, learn also how I could fit in. Um, because... Uh, You obviously want to know, have an idea. Um, And then I finished school. I was an intercultural studies major at Biola. And what do you do with the old uh, name of that major was social science missions. And what do you do with a degree like like that if you don't go straight to the mission field? Well, you'd get a job. (laughs) 
And so I got a job, which gave me some good experience. And when I look back and even over all the different things I've done in my life, how God graciously prepared me, even when I didn't see it, and I could say, oh, he used that in my life for this today. And so we've got to be faithful, each one of us, in the little things that God gives us, because you never know what he's going to use uh, for perhaps future. Because if he would say, I want you to do this in the future, you'd say, there's no way. You know, I'm not prepared. Um, but he graciously trains us along the way. And then when he, he calls you and gives you uh, the direction, then you're ready. And that's kind of what happened to me. Uh, when I uh, then in it was 1982, I went what they had uh, a program called the Euro Missions Institute. It was an opportunity to eat, breathe, sleep, everything with um, in another culture and learn the needs. And I felt I needed to go because that short term missions trip wasn't necessarily always positive. Um, had to learn some things the hard way. And so did the missionaries, too. Um, and so when I made, when I really felt that I should be pursuing, um, because God just placed it on my heart, there's more that I could and should be doing for him. Uh, and then I didn't have the time to do that. I had this job, secular job, and I thought, and I was working with the high schoolers at my church, but uh, it was frustrating because I didn't have school vacations. And I just really felt there was a dissatisfaction that God used in my life to caused me to look again and to pursue. And so that's what I did. And I went to France again and because I knew the questions I had couldn't be answered from this side of the ocean. Of course, this side of the country and the ocean, because when you're from the West Coast, it's a long way. And God used that time to show me how I could fit in, uh, what the needs were, and I can remember we even had to write a sample job description. If you were to come back in five years, what would you see yourself doing? And I don't know if I've ever done an exercise like that before, but it was very helpful. And because, as I said, God had graciously prepared me, used other people in my life, uh, the word of God, uh, when I m made that decision, I can remember sitting at the... Chateau de Saint-Alban, it's here. And I'll show you a few more pictures in, in a minute. Um, when I made the decision, most people say, God, show me your will. Um, but for me, it's not, that's not the way God worked in my heart. God said, obey me, follow me. And it wasn't this call. So then when I came to the point of where... I felt God was leading me to go back to France. I said, okay, I, I will accept that. And I told the Lord, sitting on the meter thick, the three feet thick walls of the chateau facing the national highway that goes to Paris. And I said, God, I will plan to come back and I will pursue and you shut the door if you don't want me to go. Most people say, Lord, open the doors. No, I said, God, I'm going. And you shut the door if you don't want me to go. He didn't shut that door. And again, because he graciously prepared me, when I made that decision, I was back in France one year later. Um, and so God was good. Uh, 
and he's good all the time, as we said this morning. Um, I'll sh- I want to sh- show you a little bit of what I do because it's an opportunity for me to give a little bit of a report of what I do. These pictures here are just for, for you to see a little bit. And then I'm also, uh, there's the button right there. Okay. Um, it's a reminder. Of course, you know that France is in Europe. And let's see, which direction do I need to point this? There we go. I live and work in the city of Lyon. Uh, That's where I've been most of my career. Um, It's a city of 1.7 million, which, you know, when you're from Southern California, that doesn't seem big, but it is. It's the second largest city in France. And if I'm there, it's because that's where there's people. And similar to the the banner there, uh, this is my city. And to give you an idea, I live approximately there in the city. I live in an eight-story apartment building. I live on the first floor, which in France means one floor up. Uh, you have a ground floor and then a first floor. Um, I live about three kilometers, two and a half miles from the, our, the church. It's called the Église Protestante Évangélique de Villeurbanne-Cusset. Uh, it's the Grace Brethren Church in the city of Lyon. <laughs> and th- this is a little bit, the church started in 1982, and that's one reason why I wanted to go to Lyon, because I went in 1983. I wanted to be a part in that new work. Uh, and then it, just to show you a little bit how the church has evolved, uh, when I first went, uh, probably you could count the number of people who met on two hands. And literally. And now it's a church that's under French leadership that has about 250 to 300 people. Um, And so this is our church. Uh, We have a young pastor. Our former pastor was there for about uh, 25 years. He is now the director of the church equipping. uh, No, Yes, the church equipping network of Encompass. He's the only uh, non-American who is a leader on the leadership team of the mission. He's French. His, his wife is America, American. She came on short-term missions. They met literally at the end of the first week. It was love at first sight. And so instead of short-term missions, she's really there for the long haul. Um, and so our church has continued to grow. Uh, we have a building expansion project in mind. We had to submit plans last March because of uh, urbanization laws that were going to change. So if we didn't submit a plan uh, that was viable, uh, we wouldn't be able to do anything um, because the submitting the plans gave us the possibility to get, they gave us three years to decide what we want to do, raise funds, and then begin a, a project. Uh, so that's kind of a panorama of, of our building. We're, we're thankful to have it. It was a old uh, plumbing warehouse before, and we f- were able to fix it up. Uh, and but what's neat in in our church, there's in our DNA, uh, and our motto is multiplying disciples because that's where you need to start. That's where the evangelism comes in, and and you know training those children who who come up, uh, multiplying disciples, multiplying leaders. And multiplying churches. And so our church has been able to plant three other churches. On the right hand where the red line is, uh, well, no, let me go down. Uh, Pondicherry, just to the east of us. 
is the church we planted. Then up in the very far, uh, let's see, left upper corner, it's, it's a place called Taivu, and there's a church there. And then we moved back in. And just a couple of years ago, there's an area in Lyon called the Quahus. It's the worker hill because there's a religious hill. There's a big basilica in Lyon that overlooks the whole city. That's where that picture is taken from a standing at the basilica. And, yeah, anyway, so yeah, that's the religious hill. And then we have the worker hill. Um, and so this, I, if you have a chance, just pray for these people. Uh, Stephen and Hannah, they're the leaders. The, he's the pastor at the Pont de Charrie Church. It um, gives you a glimpse of their body of Christ there. Um, then the Trevou and Pastor Jeremy, he was just inaugurated or installed as their first pastor in June. So we're really excited about that. Uh, he finished his studies at the Bible Institute of Geneva, had done internships with us, and now he has been named as the pastor. And they also have a building project, too, um, because the building they had was temporary. Uh, they knew that when they took the former building, and now the Lord is opening the door. And through uh, inheritance from a lady in our church uh, that they gave to the mother church, we're able to help them out financially. Um, that was just really a blessing. She had a life insurance policy that nobody even knew about, and she gave that. And so we were able to give them an out gift plus a loan to help with their project. And things are going very well there. Uh, then... Uh, we had a couple working a little bit further. They're the ones who were all the way to the east in Montalieu, a place where there's a lot of spiritual darkness. Um, if you were to even Google Montalieu uh, Versieux, you would see a pentagon, uh, that, that red. Uh, and so there is, and it's, it was really difficult, and I'm not sure if, there will ever be a church plant. They were tied in with the Pondicherry group. Um, but pray, because especially they had a good youth ministry, Rabel, and some of those um, children were from Muslim backgrounds. And this is the newest church plant at Quahus, and Jesse and Ashley uh, are part of that. They had their uh, retreat in May at the Chateau de Saint-Alban. So look already the size of the group. There were 40 or 50 people. They meet once on a Sunday morning. Uh, once a month, excuse me, uh, in a rented room, and then they have two house groups already. So they're growing as well. And then one of my joys, and I'll go quickly, is um, I'm a part of a house group. There are 12 groups, um, and I facilitate this group, if you will, and it's been a real joy because we've been meeting now. This I think this coming year will be our seventh year together, so we're family we really love each other, care for one another, pray for one another, um, eat together. We have great fellowship together. And what's particular about this, and, I, and I'll end up ending or sharing this, I've been able to, with this group and the ladies' Bible study that I, I lead, um, this last year we studied the Minor Prophets. Next year we will study Matthew, so pray for me as I prepare. Um, these two groups, they really are my family. Um, I've chosen to invest in them, which means not investing in others. But, you know, Jesus had his disciples, too. And so it's been a, a joy. And 
the biggest joy for me is when you walk with people over the long haul, like I have, you see them investing in other people. You share the word of God, the principles, and by God's spirit, he allows them to use their gifts. I, can't, I don't have the same gifts as my friends. And so they are going to be and look like Jesus in a different way to the lost world in France. And we, we talked, uh, one of the themes this morning was hope. Um, and that is what we can offer to a country that, you know, is very humanistic. And, of course, Islam is very prevalent as well. Uh, in the city of Villeurbanne, where I live, uh, there is a synagogue, 600 Jewish families. So, you know, it's very international city, and we want to reach out. One of the ways we do that, too, is by prayer. So I, I compile a prayer list every month and send it to about 200 people so that we make sure that we're praying for our missionaries and for the needs and the leaders in the church. Um, another hat, just real quick, is I'm part of the, uh, the church equipping network of Encompass, but I'm also on the leadership team for the church planting network. Um, so that the one picture put me in... Uh, uh, Hanoi a couple of years ago. I was supposed to go in January again this year as we brought together a newer, well, it was a younger cohort is what we called it um, because we realized we have to be training younger leaders as well. But I wasn't able to go because since I was with you, something new I have is a knee. Um, I have a knee replacement, so that's why I sat down. <laughs> um, and I, I, because God has gifted me in this way, I do logistics in a lot of areas, um, help out. And the Chateau of saint Aubin is a Christian ministry center. Uh, I've done the accounting for probably, I don't know how long, at least 20 years. And this past year, I was able to pass that on. And that, as I, this will be my prayer request that I leave with you. Um, I have one more term of three years, if God allows, and I want to finish well. And that includes uh, turning over my responsibilities to people who can take those over, and it doesn't have to look the same, um, but, uh, well, the administrative stuff probably does, um, but to uh, really further the works that God has given us to do. Uh, the Chateau has reached out to many, many people, purchased in 64, uh, and it serves as a retreat center, youth camps, uh training, uh, and then we do our own outreach activities. We've done a live nativity that brought in 700 people from around and, and just would give people a gospel, um, people who have never really heard the true biblical message of, of that Christ came to die for us. And uh, we've asked you to pray because of the chateau uh, is a place that receives the public. We had to upgrade it to be uh, accessible for handicapped people or for um, reduced mobility, I should say. And we able we were able to raise the three hundred thousand dollars. We had work teams come, uh, experts also come. We put in an elevator, the paving stones to the uh, rooms were able to make into handicap access with the. Um, with the bathrooms in there. And anyway, I just want to finish by saying 
thank you. Thank you for these years of support. As they say, uh, if I'm 63 and I, I remember walking up here, I can't know that, but that was a marking point in my life. But at 10 years old, I was in the front, front row and kind of scared to death to walk forward to say, I want to be a follower of Christ. And uh, he's been faithful, and I want to be the same for him as we proclaim Christ to a world that is lost, a world, whether it's here in this neighborhood, and I'm thrilled. I drove through Boyle Heights the other day, and we prayed as we drove through for, for you and your outreach there, and um, thankful for, for Tim and Janine and their outreach. And uh, so invest, invest in one another and give attention and center to the word and uh, just keep being faithful and you never know how God's going to use that. He might send out one of your little bratty kids to the mission field. You can take it with you. Thank you, Miss Patty. We certainly appreciate that. Did you take notice that the theme in her presentation, as well as the theme in our worship songs, as well as the theme in... Sunday school class, as well as the theme in our elders' prayer room this morning, it's rooted in the Great Commission. Jesus said in Mark 16:50, 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to all creation. That's the message, right? So think of this. What if? What if you and I allowed ourselves to be ever so sensitively motivated by the Holy Spirit to do something about the problems that exist in society today. Now, I'm not just, I don't, I don't want to give you the impression that my mind is always on outreach because that's not the case. Because I got a point. I'm only going to, I promise you, some of you looking at the time, oh, wait a minute, wait, I thought, so what's happening now? Ten minutes, take it easy, ten minutes. Just, just give me ten minutes, right? But I want to share this with you because it is it's pertinent to her message. She actually took the time to come here with us this morning and to kind of allow herself to be used by the Holy Spirit concerning this idea rooted in the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That is the mandate upon every child of God. Did you know that? Did you know that? It's God's mandate upon every child of God. And it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody has to get up and go off to France. It doesn't mean that you've got to go off to Mexico or some far off country. It just means that we have to take ownership of this wonderful gift that's been given to us by the Holy Spirit. It's called salvation, right? The salvation message that's rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ and to share it with others. First, to take ownership of the message ourselves and then fine-tune it, understand it, and share it with the people around us, whether they know Jesus or not. I know Jesus, but I need encouragement from you. You know Jesus, but you need encouragement from one another. So the message is to share the faith that we possess today. How many of you played sports Right? Most of us in this room have played sports. Can you remember what the victor's model was? You remember your coach always yelling in your face 
this victor's model, right? The idea is don't give up, fight until the end. Don't give up until we win or we lose. It's the victor's model. Now just imagine taking that, that ideology, if you will, and using it with this concept, what is? What if? I shared with you Mark 16, 15. I'm going to recite it. I'm going to quote it again. It says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So think of this idea, the what if campaign, if you will. It's actually being championed by CE National currently right now. I don't know if you know this, but I was away this past week. Um, I was up at Auburn from Monday through Thursday. I was at the adult conference. It was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience. And God has really, really motivated me in so many different ways. So I think it's time that we switch a little, switch gears a little bit in the church. And that we intentionally move ourselves in a particular direction. I'm not going to get into some of those specifics right now. It's not the time or the place. I promise you 10 minutes, right? 10, 15 minutes. And I'm going to be faithful to that. But what if... Uh, 15. <laughs> you caught that. You caught that. You weren't supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> but what if, and the emphasis that's being placed in this particular, this idea, what if, the emphasis is on intentional evangelism. That's the emphasis. And in front of you, you have a vi- uh, an image that I, that I took from one of the teams that was with us here, I don't know, maybe two months ago. I'm not sure if it was the first, second, or the third team that we had here, um, Urban Hope L.A., now, he's got an OB shirt, but it wasn't the OB program. It was Urban Hope LA under 10. And I think it was his first group. And if you notice, they have bags in their hand. They have potato chips and some snacks. And what they were doing is they were preparing for an outreach. Intentional evangelism. So what if we took the victor's model and applied it to the goal of sharing our faith? What becomes of our lives as individuals? Don't think in terms of evangelism, but what becomes of our lives? Remember the coach always yelling in your face, you got to fight until the end. You got to fight until the end. Now just think of Jesus Christ being that coach and he's encouraging us. He's compelling us even to be intentional with our evangelism, to be intentional with this message of the cross. Because there are millions upon millions, did I say millions? Upon millions of people around us on a daily basis who do not know Jesus Christ personally. Think in terms of that emphasis applied to you by your coach. Fight until the last whistle, etc. Apply that to the idea of sharing your faith. What becomes of our lives, our community around us, society in which we live. Think in terms of the culture, the prevailing culture in society around us today. Is it a Christian culture around us here today? In no way, shape, or form. It's secular. There's a whole lot of hedonism in society today. People are living according to this, this idea of pursuing pleasure and more pleasure and more pleasure That's what's happening in the world around us. I want to show you a brief video. I want you to watch this carefully concerning this what if. Culture is changing fast. 
third of all Americans under the age of 30 have no religious ties. What if 90% of what the church did was outside of the church building? Only 22% of Americans attend church regularly. What if our church people were so vibrant for Jesus Christ that they would ask people on a regular basis, how can I pray for you? Nearly half of all millennial Christians say it is wrong to share Jesus with others. Really? But there is still hope. What if students were to go to school with the idea of saying, I'm not just going to be a good student. I want to try to make a difference for Jesus in my classes. Churches need believers who will live out their faith in such a way that others are drawn to listen. What if all of us were to really focus on at least one person this year that we want to see become believers in the Lord? Those who have at least one conversation about their faith come away more confident and eager to talk to others. It's going to require us to be living on mission. What does it mean to live on mission? It means to follow Jesus and to share Jesus. What if we could change the world the way Jesus told us to do? Cody Ray is a youth pastor in York, Pennsylvania. Connection Christian Church. And he gets it. And his name is Cody Ray. Cody, where are you? Congratulations in being Youth Pastor of the Year. So 10 years ago, I was presented with an opportunity to go on a ministry trip called Operation Barnabas. I knew nothing about it, didn't want anything to do with it at the time, uh, but doors were opened wide for me to go on to this uh, trip, this opportunity, and, and through that experience of Operation Barnabas, my, my life was completely transformed. Our student ministry is both junior and senior high combined. Uh, we try to do everything together. Yes, it's specific for students, but we also want to show that it's a combined effort in we do ministry together. We want to see God change our lives radically. Through the last 10 years of being together, we've seen so much fruit, so much transformation happen. We went to Urban Hope, and when we're coming back, they're saying, hey, wait a second, we have a mall in our backyard to walk across the street from our church, and we can go and pray for people just like we did here in Philly. It has allowed us to have our eyes open and see God do amazing things through us. We go to those events with coming back home in mind. So even before we get there, we are saying, okay, how are you going to bring that back with you? Because of going to Momentum, our students have come back and and said, how do we start a Bible club? Uh, One specific school, we had uh, a few students that go there and they said, let's do this. When you are here with us, you're being equipped, you're being empowered to go make some new friends. Ask somebody how you can pray for them. The hardest part is getting started. So here's how you get started. Hi, how are you? How can I pray for you? And and after that, it's it's like God takes the conversation and, and uses us in that way. I always say the first step is the hardest, but if we're willing to take the first step, it, that one's ours, and then God will take over. 
Don't you want that for your youth ministry? Don't you want that in your life? What if? What if we could dream? What if we could see God sending a spirit of revival? Yeah, let's be together. Let's come to church, be part of the ministry. But don't forget to go out and share that with your friends that don't know who Jesus is yet. Partner with CE National in what we are doing. We are trying to make a difference for the cause of Christ. And we want to see God change our lives radically. All of what we're doing is desiring to fulfill what God said. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Whatever CE says or asks, we want to be part of it because we've seen how that has been a jumpstart for us who continue to do what we do here at home. We have needs of $300,000 over the next three years in order to accomplish goals and plans for the What If campaign. Can you help us strengthen what we're doing so that the church can be alive and strong and that believers will make a greater contribution to the cause of Christ? I want to share a passage with you. If you have your Bibles, turn to, quickly, uh, Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Say amen when you find it. The idea was not to promote a division of City National. The idea was to just simply entertain the thought concerning this great commission mandate that Jesus Christ has given to every single one of us. And while it is true that CE National is championing this particular campaign, the what-if campaign, Jesus Christ said it first. He said it first. So there's nothing new. Matthew 25, say amen if you find it. Look at verse 34 through 40. 34 through 40. It says, Then the king would say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of these, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. As you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. The idea here in this one particular passage is just simply to take the resources that God has blessed us with. And I don't mean money. I'm talking about the talents, the gifts, the abilities. I'm going to look at another passage in just a moment so you can see this. But to take these resources that God has blessed us with and to use them to advance the kingdom of God. Right here in this church. Forget about, if you're struggling with it, forget about the idea of reaching out, reaching to people outside of the church. Because it applies to those of us here, first and foremost. Our assignment, my job, is first and foremost to be faithful to you as a church. 
And then, when we are able to, to reach out to the community around us. So think in terms of how we can apply this to our lives. Think in terms of how we can facilitate relationships and, uh, with, with those of us who are here this morning. With those who are not or haven't been coming for quite some time. I'm reaching out. I'm knocking on doors. I'm making phone calls. I'm trying to reach out to the members who I don't see here. And who haven't been coming for whatever reason. But I can't do it all by myself. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm almost done. I promise you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 15 with me. And then 18 through 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I purposely do not put the text on the screen, just a reference, because I want you to look through your Bibles. Second Corinthians 5, verse 15. It says, And He died for all, that those who live may no longer live for themselves, but for Him who for their sake died and was raised. I'm going to read that again. And he died for all, that those who live may no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Who wrote this passage? Paul the Apostle, a man of God. To whom did he write it? To Christians. To the church. He's talking about those of us who know Jesus Christ today. And the emphasis is right there. May no longer live for themselves. That's the message. The mandate by the Holy Spirit through Paul the Apostle to them and to you and I today. In this particular church, in this particular society, in this city, in this country, etc. Is, is if you know Jesus, the message is so that we may live intentionally for Jesus Christ. That we may intentionally stand firm in our faith, live it out, wear it on your sleeve if necessary, tattoo it on your forehead if necessary, but to make sure that you identify with Jesus Christ as a follower, as a disciple. And who knows what God can do in and through us when that takes place. Keep reading with me. It says, all this, verse 18, all this is from God. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of what? The ministry of reconciliation, that is. In Christ, God was reconciling or drawing the world to himself. Not counting their trespasses against them. And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. What in the world does that mean? We talked about it a few months ago, maybe in November. God has given us... A capacity as children of God. A capacity as children of God. A, a series of talents, gifts, abilities, etc. And these are resources. This is what I was talking about earlier. God has placed these things within us. And all we have to do is shake somebody's hands firmly. Give somebody a, a, a hug. Call somebody from time to time. And all of these things and then some will, in fact, make a difference. Somebody did that with me in the prison cell in 1989. And it's why I'm standing in front of you today. There are people outside of these walls, people in your own family, people under your own roof who do not know Jesus Christ. Children, some of you have teenagers who are not following Jesus today. 
The mandate is to live out your faith in such a way for them to see this hope that you possess on the inside that they don't possess. In hopes to make a difference in their lives. Read the last verse with me. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That's the mandate. I have this capacity on the inside of me by way of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and Paul the Apostle was saying that as a child of God, I'm supposed to live with this declaration. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come and enjoy this hope and this peace that you're never going to be able to find in the world. The challenge is this. Number one. Continue to serve intentionally within this church. And many of you, many of you are doing exactly that. Exactly that. You, you've been living intentionally for a very long time. And you've been wondering, I know, I'm going to put this out there. You've been wondering whether anybody has taken notice of your selfless sacrifices. I, I see. Perhaps I haven't been able to get to you yet. I'm trying to work out the indifferences. Trust me. I'm going to put that out there too. I'm trying to work through some of the apathy that exists. I'm sorry. I'm doing what I can, but I promise you I love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I love you with everything that I possess on the inside. It's the reason why we came so far. I love this church, and I don't ever see myself leaving this church. You're going to have to get rid of me, right? The point is that I love you, and that I see your labor. I see your labor. Ruth, I see what you're doing. Dave, I see what you're doing. Ron, in the classrooms. Lulu, you just joined us. I see what you're doing. Michelle, I see you clearly. Miss Caroline, I see you. Cheryl, I, I know what she does in that office. Bonnie, George, I see what you're doing. And you, every single one of you are doing a wonderful work. You know who validates your work, your service, right? You know that it's not me, right? I see it and I love you. And if I can give you a thousand dollars every single week, I would do so. I see your work and please know this one we all serve. He's the one who's validating your work. He's the one who's motivating you. He's the one who's encouraging you. You look to him. Stay in that prayer closet as often as you possibly can. He's going to continue to strengthen you so that you may do his work. You're not doing my work. You're doing His work. Stay at it. You're doing a wonderful job. Verse 40 in the Matthew 25 passage we read reads, And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. You're serving the king. You're serving the most high God. And secondly, evangelism. Intentional service to others. And this is a reference to those who are outside the church. First, we have to be faithful within the four walls of this church. And then secondly, we have to somehow find a way to switch gears and allow the Holy Spirit to motivate us to make a difference in the lives of people outside the four walls of this church. This church is, is really engrossed in that. We got heights of grace and we, we got a number of other other teams and ideas and, and this emphasis for outreach. It's constant. I love that about this church. It's not about going out there 
and conversating with somebody and trying to offer them religion. It's not even, it's not even about inviting people to come to church. It's about displaying your faith in such a beautiful way so that somebody can glean from that hope that you live with today. Amen, somebody. That's the peace you have. They do not. And somehow, if we're faithful enough, it'll spill over onto their lives and influence them. And then genuinely, you know what? When's your, when's your next church service? When's your next Bible study? And the initiative will come out from them themselves. I'm going to close with this verse. Can we sing that song, Joey? Whatever it is you have. I'm going to close with this verse. 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 15, it says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Do it with gentleness and respect. There's a world out there looking for hope. There's a world out there looking for meaning and purpose, understanding, and all of these wonderful things that you and I experience because we are children of the Most High. We're children of the Most High. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for Miss Patty. And her presence here with us this morning. May you bless her. May you overwhelm her. May you equip her. May you enlarge her territory, Lord God. In such a way that she may continue to be faithful, Lord God, with your assignment upon her life. I know her heart because I heard it this morning. And I know, Lord God, that she's waiting for that. That, that day in the, in the coming, the foreseeable future, Lord God, well done, thy good and faithful servant. She's waiting to hear those words from you, Lord. But until then, may you continue to use her to make a difference in the lives of the people over in France. And may you, may you begin this zeal, this fire, this passion on the inside of all of us, Lord God, so that we may be faithful in this church. In this church, that we may be faithful stewards toward one another, Lord God. That we may nurture the relationships that we're supposed to be nurturing within the confines of this church, these walls, Lord God. That we may honor you, Lord God. That we may lift you up among each other. That we may serve you in spirit and in truth. And then, Lord, when we are complete... We may turn our focus to the world around us that is dying without hope and without faith. May you use this church, Lord God, to make a difference in this community. I thank you so much for salvation. I thank you so much for eternal life. I didn't have to earn it. I just simply took advantage of a conversation somebody once had with me long ago. And I then said yes to Jesus Christ. Help us to do just that, to make a difference in somebody's life today. Father, these things we pray in the precious name 
of Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me please as we sing through this final song. The invitation is in posted. For those that are hurt, hurting and broken within, that are overwhelmed by the weight of our sins, Jesus is calling. You may say, oh, I've been a Christian for forever today. But maybe you've been following a religion and not having a relation with the Lord Jesus Christ.
invitation is out. It is only for you to accept. every single day because of your unconditional love, your unmerited favor. We love you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you for the forgiveness of sin. And we thank you for the motivation we have received today for the challenges. Pray that you continue to work in our hearts. You may help us to adopt these biblical truths concerning the Great Commission. First and foremost for this church and to build up your house and then to consider the people outside of these walls who do not know you personally. We thank you for these things and we know that we can, we shall get it done by your Holy Spirit and the strength that we're going to be receiving from you. Thank you so much, Lord God. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And God's people say, Amen. Before you move, can I get the ushers at the back door, please? Can we get the bags, the offering bags together? I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to belabor this point at all. You're free to go. But if God has touched your heart concerning Patty Morris and her ministry, you know the needs that she, she has, please, as you go out the door, drop something in the bag. Thank you. God bless. Amen.